Hey, this is Marcy Lebowitz from Follow the Threads. And here's my newest podcast for you, one that I've actually been thinking about for quite a while. So sit back and enjoy. And I've titled this, How to Leave Everything You Know for Something Better, Even If You Don't Know What It Is Yet. Because <laughs> that's actually what happened to me a couple years ago. Um, things changed very deeply inside of me. So when my external circumstances were ready, uh, I had the confidence to take the leap to change my entire life. But let me tell you a bit about more about that. So, you know, it's not a new theme for a woman in her early 50s, which I was a couple years ago, to want to break away from all the conditioning that stifles her. You know, this has been going on for centuries, right? It's just, it seems that those of us who actually have the nerve to do it, to do it fully and happily, are quite rare, even in this day and age. And this is what, 2020, crazy 2020. Women have more options than any other time in history, yet it seems very challenging for most women to deeply look at, address, and let go of the ties that bind us. And I'm gonna tell you, it's nerve wracking. It's challenging. It's probably one of the hardest things I ever had to do, but well worth it. So, you know, like I've always known I would change my life to this level. My first 50 plus years, I was incredibly and totally miserable. <laughs> I lived in metro areas, you know, where the pollution, the architecture, the lack of nature, and the misery of people just about killed me. So I know you're asking like, why did I stay? But you know, there's a timing piece to being able to profoundly and deeply change your life, like being ready for it. And you know, I was always very unique and creative and eccentric, and I love to have fun, which is, incredibly challenging, I find, for a lot of people. So it was very hard for me to flourish in these like corporate and my family system that, you know, I just find are based on misery and burnout, fighting and suffering. And um, a couple years ago, I was like, I'm done. I cannot do this anymore. So, you know, changing your life is completely daunting. <laughs> I want to be very real about this. I don't want to be like a Pollyanna and um, have you wondering about the feelings that you're feeling and how hard and how challenging it is. It is. But, you know, there comes this place where delving into the unknown with no guarantees seems to be better than staying stuck in misery or did for me. But you know, that's the point of conditioning is to keep us fearful and trapped and stuck. <laughs> that just seems sick to me. So often what holds women back is admitting to themselves they want something different or taking tiny, progressive, consistent steps to change. Because I can tell you, there will be plenty of naysayers <laughs> who will be glad to tell you why you can't do this or why it won't work or why you fail. And again, I don't want to be discouraging. This is completely opposite of my intention here. I want to be incredibly encouraging, but I also want to be real with you. So when you take huge kind of steps to change your life, you can feel completely crazy. Like you do lose your mind to follow your heart. So what I found though, is when you're ready to take the steps to have your life be really different, 
is when you feel choked by the known, like what's been offered to you. And that, the known and the predictable and what everybody else is doing, just feels so much worse than allowing change and adventure and aligned circumstances to unfold and present themselves to you. So just sit back, get a little more comfortable. And um, let me tell you (laughs) my story of how I got to here. So when I was 52 years old, I left the East Coast for a life in the Southwest. I live in Taos, New Mexico now. And I had wanted to live here for over 12 years, (laughs) but I kept getting sidetracked. And to live the life of your dreams, I find frequently is a deliberate progressive thing that has to happen over a period of time. But I, you know, I had a powerful set of circumstances in 2018, besides the many years prior of working to get myself aligned. So I could go and create the new life that I had always wanted. The thing that was different about me than a lot of people is instead of just thinking about it or talking about it, I actually did it. (laughs) So I want you to understand why I was so ready to allow myself to discover the life of my dreams because you've got to really be ready. And just so you know, it's not like I had an easy life or easy circumstances. I had a lot of tough stuff like a lot of people do. So... That was I had probably the thing that was most compelling for me to change my life was I just wanted things to be more beautiful and easier and natural for somebody like me. So the tipping point for me to entirely change my life happened with three deaths in four days in early 2018. You heard that right. Three deaths in four days. My mother died two months after being diagnosed with a malignant brain tumor, then totally unexpectedly my brother and a lifelong best friend. And I can tell you, if that kind of grief doesn't make you completely crazy, then it does what it did for me. Gave me the courage to change everything except for my name and my car. I actually still have my car. I love it. Anyways, I left everything I knew behind on the East Coast followed my intuition and set off a journey across country to discover what I really wanted. (laughs) And I'm so incredibly glad I did. I was bound for Taos back then, and by George, after a month-long car journey, I got there. The trick was, I was there for, I don't know, a couple weeks here, and I couldn't handle the altitude. And so I got incredibly sick here. So what happened was I actually regrouped and went to Sedona where I had friends and half the altitude and traveled in and out of Taos to, um, over those months to, to get acclimated and to really make sure I wanted to be here. So it's not like <laughs> I had those deaths, I took the month across country and then my life started in Taos. It took another nine, 10 months. But anyways, I'll never forget moving here. The day I could move here, you know, I drove into Taos. I don't know if you've been here. Um, It is one of the most beautiful places on the planet. Um, When I moved here, it was New Year's Eve 2018. And here I was with my U-Haul 
arriving to one of the most beautiful places in the beginning of the new year for 2019, you know, with the few worldly possessions I had at that point that I was acquiring. But it was the light that astounded me as I drove up and over the hill into Taos. Um, You see many people's writings or hear people talk about it when they're driving up and over the hill to Taos. The gorge is on the left, right? So it's this big open crevice in the desert here. And then the light, that's the thing I think I'm most intrigued with, with Taos, is the light. It changes all the time, changes hour to hour, day to day, season to season. But, you know, it was that sunset, because I got in here about sunset. So the sky was full of painted light. I've never seen sunsets look like paintings like they do here, which is, of course, why artists love to live here. It's pinks and oranges and blues. You know, and it's this reflection of not only the sky, but it on the mountains. So it gives it this like magical pink kind of reflection. But I remember gasping, you know, like being so moved as I pulled around the bend and, you know, saw this, the beautiful skyscape and mountainscape. And, you know, the sky was filled with clouds besides that pinkish color in a way that it reminded me of like cotton candy from my childhood. You know, I know my the cotton candy was pink, but if it had been white, that's what the clouds are like here. You know, and it had taken me so long to move here. I want you to know, I had committed to myself in 2008 that I wanted to live in Taos, and I just let myself get distracted with other people's drama and craziness. Seriously distracted. But this stopped for me you know, on that New Year's Eve 2018 when I pulled in here, when I could finally allow myself to move somewhere that's an artist colony full of dimension and texture and light in ways that are just really good for me. So let's talk a little bit about what brought me to being able to move to such a beautiful place. You know, I had years of misery. I lived in dense urban areas and did dense, uninspiring, draining work. How does that sound? Um, I grew up in the DC metro area. I lived in Florida and Chicago. I worked in the medical and educational systems. I mean, doesn't this just feel sluggish as I talk about it? I struggled terribly with depression and anxiety. Um, I'm incredibly empathic. And so I pick up every, you know, emotions and energy flying through the air and you get really dense cities, right? And then you get really dense systems like the medical and educational systems where there's not a lot of life and light. And I was constantly sick. I was very edgy and I felt incredibly misunderstood and I was bored with everyone around me and so uninspired. And I let myself get constantly caught in others' crazy chaos. I mean, you can see this is like, you know, a loop that I was in, but I knew someday I would be able to break out of it. So those were prior years. That's enough painting that picture. But I wanna talk to you, let's fast forward to that January, 2018, about what those three deaths did for me. You know, it's a big deal losing one person, but three on top of each other, it was a lot. It was also the very thing 
that got me moving. So I can remember we had had all the funerals. We buried everybody. And it was a day or two later, sitting in my mom's recliner, right? I was drinking hot chocolate and eating fermented cabbage. Um, That probably sounds really sick, but, you know, when you're grieving, you just want comfort food. Um, (laughs) And that made me really happy. Fermented cabbage and hot chocolate, that's so weird. So I was considering what was I going to do? I knew I needed to leave D.C., I needed sunshine, I needed different people, I needed an artist colony, particular fibers, right? Because at this point, I don't know really that I can design fashion or do any of this. I just knew I loved to spin and I wanted to be around fibers. So it was very strange. Um, People in DC are very different than me. And I was trying to decide if I should leave, but I wasn't pushing myself too fast with that level of um, death and grief, to just jump in the car and drive across country, I knew physically, let alone emotionally and mentally, I needed to not push myself, like I needed to be ready. So I can remember talking to one of my mom's neighbors one day, and I was trying to decide, should I go or not? And this is so DC, she was like, you know, Marcy, nobody cares what you do, just go live your life. And I was like, oh my God, I have got to get out of here. And later that day, I was talking with my mom's best friend, Donna, who's intensely supportive of me. And she was like, Marcy, go. She had lived in New Mexico, so she knew um, what life would be like for me here. She also knew me very well, as having been my mother's best friend. And she and I were quite close. But she was like, Marcy, go, go explore, go find what you're yearning for so badly. Because that's the thing with me, is I've always wanted to have an incredible life. Um, I've always wanted to live where people are very creative and um, where the land and nature are very inspiring. You know, it's tricky here in Taos. There are so many things that meet my needs, but the people are rough. They've always been rough when I read Uh, memoirs from a hundred years ago. Mabel Dodge Luhan talked about how difficult New Mexican people are. They're very uninspiring. Um, They're not very motivated and which is so crazy. Her commentary was the same as how I feel like we live in the most amazing place and yet people are uninspired, right? Except me and maybe a few others. So the thing about me living in Taos, I have to stay in my own lane, right? I have to follow my own threads and really focus. And that's what this place does for me, to focus on myself, to not get caught in others' drama and to allow myself to be happy. I know that sounds crazy, but it's the truth. And allow myself to enjoy, right? And to be focused and to be creative. So anyways, I I make this decision, right? Back to my, my story to leave DC. I throw stuff in storage. I pack up the car with (laughs) some clothes because I thought I would go back like two months later. I didn't go back for probably a year and a half to get everything out of storage. But I packed the car with like art supplies, right? And a dress form. I had one dress form back then. And clothes and some momentums of my mom. And I mean, the car was not that packed, Um, but it it was great. It was really neat. So 
Let me tell you about that drive across country. I would have to say that was my first real destiny trip um, for me to completely follow my threads. So I wanted, as I had said, you know, to go to artist colonies to get myself across country, particularly ones uh, that are focused on fibers and textiles. So I ended up first, I went, I just dropped down through Virginia and went into uh, North Carolina, right to Asheville, because that's a huge art artist colony. People are lovely there. Um, and I got great fibers. I met great fiber people. And I was like, do I want to settle here? And I knew I didn't. That It was interesting. I just wanted um, like that dose of fiberdom that Asheville really gorgeously provides. But the mountains, they're, they're, the land is gentle, it's soft. You know, I like dramatic landscape <laughs> to go with my dramatic personality. Um, and so as much as I enjoy my time in North Carolina, I knew it was time to go. Now, know that I'm meeting people, I'm having very, very interesting connections with people that I'm just meeting, knowing Particularly, my mom is helping to orchestrate this from the other side. And um, the next step I got to was I went to Texas. And I was at the Mexican and Guatemala, um, what is that? Guatemala Mart. I think that's in Austin. And I had an amazing experience in there. I was shopping, of course. I love to shop. So that was my whole plan to get across country, right, was to be in beautiful fiber textile places, to go shopping, to be out in nature and eat great food. So I was very successful at this. Anyways, when I'm at this mart, I'm walking around and I'm shopping and I'm seeing, right, everything is beautifully colored and uh, textured and embroidered, you know, because they work with these amazing bright colors. So coming off the East Coast, this was just so nourishing for me. And I remember buying a wallet. It was, this, it was a black wallet, but it was embroidered, you know, with the Mexican reds and greens and yellows and blues. And holding the wallet and thinking to myself, huh, I wonder if someday I could have a shop and I wonder if someday I could sell this wallet. Like it was that innocuous, just like everything else. There was no big plan as I was going across country, you know, except to do what I enjoyed and give myself a break from, you know, caregiving. So that moment in the mart with the wallet was very pivotal. At that point, I didn't know, I had just started designing on my travels across country that's starting to come out of me and shopping for things I like. It was that simple. So the drive across country was amazing. I loved it because I saw all these different terrains. There were different kinds of people, different kinds of foods. You know, as I got through Texas, I ended up um, going up through Roswell, New Mexico, which I couldn't get out of there fast enough. I remember that on the trip. It was um, very weird energy for me. And then eventually made it to Taos. And each step of the way, you know, I followed my intuition. I found great places to stay that I felt safe and comfortable. I ate great food and I, I just let myself, you know, it, it took me, what, a month to get across country there. 
to go slow. I really needed to slow down after all the caregiving for my mom and then, you know, all the funerals and then just grief. And I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I just knew I wanted to live in Taos. I wanted to live somewhere beautiful. <laughs> like that, that was my big agenda, right? So now I live in Taos full time. So fast forward. Um, I had been splitting my life between here and Oregon. And I actually went back to Oregon this summer to the coast. This is 2020. I'm in, this is Thanksgiving week of 2020. Um, but you know, travel has been much less for me this year as it has been for many people. And I feel very fortunate to be hunkered in and here in Taos. There's huge open spaces. It's much less populated than everywhere else. And I have an ability to focus here and be grounded here more so than anywhere else. And again, I'm going to, you know, do this, particularly if I keep to myself, right? Stay in my lane and follow my threads and keep out of other people's business. And that to me is such an important part of getting to this place where you can leave everything you know for something better, even if you don't know what it is, right? And, you know, I have been able to to not only create a lifestyle, you know, my day-to-day life here in Taos, but also, you know, a business, a fashion design business and a school of design. And now I'm doing my tours and experience company where I will be showing um, people a, a slice of towels, um, particularly artists and fiber artists, you know, who are interested in this amazing place. But it took a lot. It took me wanting this. I think that's the thing that's so crazy to me is how much work it took for me to let myself do what I want and to follow this and to know what I want. I have a friend here who has commented, he's like, Mercy, you're the only person I know that knows what she wants. And I'm like, okay, that's crazy to me. I find when you know what you want, you also know what you don't want. We'll be talking about that in a minute. But when you know what you want, you know, you, you're much more apt, right? Because you're aligned to change your life. So let me tell you about some of the things I started doing a couple years ago, and I still do them every day. They're really simple and they work for me. I'm the kind of person, I can't do complicated things. I can't do hard things. Um, But if something's right for me and it feels natural and it's in flow, I can, because it's a line, I can stick to it till the cows come home. Who made up that term, till the cows come home? (laughs) I don't know. That's the same like as, you know, falling off the turnip truck, which by the way, that one I knew where it came from was Johnny Carson. Anyway, I digress. So this whole thing, if, you know, you feel these nudges or this desire to change your life and have the life you want, you have to create a level of inner stability. You have to be very connected to yourself and your inner guidance. And you have to be able to trust and have the courage to follow your own threads. Um, 
again, because other people generally are not doing this. So a lot, most people can't encourage you, right? Because what they know is their unhappiness or their misery or their suffering. You know, in order to change, you've got to be so willing and open to find things that help you change. Get the courage to do the things that you're guided to do and then stick with it. So I'm going to just tell you about them here on the podcast. You'll be able to find all these suggestions written out on my um, behind the scenes link on my webpage. That's my fancy schmancy fashionista name for my blog. I mean, doesn't behind the scenes just sound so much more interesting than blog? It's such a weird word. Anyways, um, so the first thing that I started doing a couple years ago when um, my mom was on hospice and we were care- I was caring for her, I was like, I, I felt so unstable. Right? I was being pulled around all over the place. And one day I found um, a, medi- a me- excuse me, a meditation by Abraham Hicks called the morning meditation. And what that does is get your energy aligned for the day. I started listening to it exactly this week. This is three years um, when my mom had her brain surgery. So this is a big week for us in terms of honoring. Um, but I started listening to this meditation because I needed something to get me lined up every day. I think I knew that much. I just didn't want to be so wobbly and pulled all over the place. And you know, when someone's dying, when your mother's dying, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot that goes into that. And I knew that I was going to, you know, need to be really preparing myself here, not only for her death, and then of course the two unexpected deaths, but to get myself starting to be stable and consistent and following a thread so I could leave everything (laughs) for something better, right? Even though there was no guarantees. So first one, Abraham Hicks morning meditation. Then I listened to also another Abraham Hicks. Everything is always working out for me. And again, you will, you can see that on the, the blog. Um, This is another amazing one. I've listened to it every day for three years, too, sometimes many times a day. So there's this notion, right, when hard things happen, and they do, is your energy can start to crush, right? And you can feel lowered or whatever. But what you're looking for is like a baseline thought pattern so that when the hard thing comes, your perspective can shift into an aligned place. So I can tell you when things happen, because they do, I will at first get upset, because usually I'm frustrated because of somebody's doing something that I think is a waste of energy. Um, And then my mind flips quite quickly into everything is always working out for me. Like that becomes my perspective. So my inner guidance starts taking me in that direction to calm me down. And these two, the morning meditation and everything is always working out for me. They're free. They're online. Uh, You can listen to them as much as you want. And they've been incredibly helpful. 
So what has to happen in order to change your life so dramatically is your thoughts and your thought patterns and your beliefs that and your conditioning that don't work for you have to completely change. And this was the beginning of me really getting on this and doing it. So here's another element and this I can, um, you can see on the blog post. And I had to stop focusing on what I didn't want and start focusing on what I wanted. So one of the things that happened back to that story of um, being at my mom's after everybody had passed, I remember sitting on her recliner with hot chocolate and um, fermented cabbage, eating fermented cabbage. And this question started rising in me, it just started rising. And it was, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? And it was very odd um, because I was so used to being focused on everybody else, right? And even though in those times I took really good care of myself, I had really good boundaries, you know, I got help when I needed it. My still, my focus though was on recovering during those times to be able to be there for caregiving, right? Or funerals or, you know, crazy family dynamics. And I knew I didn't want those, right? So sitting there in my mom's recliner and then starting to travel across country, I just focused on what I wanted. And it, it's, a, it's a very odd sensation if you're not used to it. And instead of resisting or denying what was coming up as an answer, I just allowed myself to move towards what I wanted. It was very quiet, it was very gentle, it wasn't like, you know, big dramatic fireworks. So those are my suggestions for you. If you are considering wanting to change your life, to have a life that really works for you and suits you. So there's the two Abraham Hicks meditations that I'll post. And then sorting, you know, what I didn't want, what I did want, and then eventually just allowing myself to completely move into what I do want. So thank you. I am so glad you were here with me. Um, I'm now, I'm enjoying doing these podcasts. This is all new for me doing videos. I'm actually <laughs> putting up photos of myself and videos of myself and having my voice and podcast. You know, it took me a couple years to figure out what my designs were. And, you know, I photograph model, my models, right? I'm doing all my photography now. All of that takes an incredible amount of work behind the scenes, right? Figuring out my designs, getting them to be functional so they don't fall off of people getting them on models, photographing. But that's all settled now. Like, I know how to do that. I love doing it. And so now is the time in my life to be sharing myself um, more with you. And it's really kind of fun. So if you're looking for a feast for your eyes and a bit of inspiration, please go to my website. That is www.marcylebowitz.shop. And that's M-A-R-C-I-L-E-B-O-W-I-T-Z, period, shop, S-H-O-P. Isn't that cute? Like, you can get something instead of com.com or .net, you get shop. Anyways, my holiday line has just come out. It's all about express opening and expressing your inner light. 
and enjoying yourself, like finding and giving yourself permission to shine, particularly this holiday season, no matter what the rest of the world is doing, what other people are doing or not. And, you know, really empowering yourself, giving yourself those teeny tiny bits of permission to, first of all, even consider what you want and then move into the place of doing what you want and discovering what that is because it's great. So thank you again, www.marcylebowitz.shop. Have a wonderful time. Um, enjoy yourselves and share with me on my Instagram page and that's marcylebowitz.shop any um, beautiful things that you're discovering about yourself. Take care. Bye. Thank you.